So the shepherds settled in for just another routine night. A fire was lit to fend off the chill of the evening, and they sat and got comfortable around that fire with their cups of hot chocolate in hand. They found themselves in this odd sense of relaxed alertedness. This night was the same as every night for them. Nothing ever really changed for a shepherd. You watched the sheep all day long, and you made sure that they were safe at night. They kept sheep safe from all the predators that were there. Lions, bears, wolves, and even people. Thieves who would come in the middle of the night to steal the sheep away for their own convenience and well-being. On this night, the shepherd's conversation was like any other conversation that they had. They talked about the successes and the failures of their local sports teams. They talked about the economic climate of Bethlehem. They talked about the oppressive rulers of Rome. But always, as was true of every single night, their conversation turned to the sheep. Shepherds always admired the beauty of the sheep. Kind of a simplistic beauty. Fluffy white cloaks in mixed thicknesses made them all appear like layers of clouds that had somehow been placed in that field that night. They were friendly and mild. They had nothing really offensive about them. But they were totally dependent on the shepherd. They had to be led from one field to another. They couldn't be herded from behind. They had a reputation of not being the brightest animals in the barn. As a matter of fact, they were often considered to be the dumbest. And you had to keep a close eye on the sheep because the sheep were prone to wander. Not to any place in particular or for any particular purpose, but they just would wander. And if you weren't careful, you could lose one or two of them and then be put as a shepherd in this very difficult tension of trying to decide whether you should go after the one or two sheep who had escaped or protect the hundreds that remained in the field. And the good shepherd always chose the many over the few. Shepherds weren't the kind of animals that you could treat clever, clever tricks to. They weren't really trainable. Shepherds always had to lead them, whether it be to food or to water. And because of their gentle and passive nature, sheep made easy prey. They really couldn't defend themselves. They needed a shepherd. Someone to fight their battles for them. Someone to ward off danger. Someone to protect them. And that's why, after just a little more conversation, some of the shepherds went to sleep and others remained awake. They took shifts throughout the night, exchanging the responsibility of making sure the flock was always safe. And as a shepherd, you always had a sense when there might be danger because sheep were amazingly skittish. The slightest noise or rustling of leaves would send them scattering from one place to another. Isn't it interesting, one of the shepherds said, how the scriptures talk about people as being sheep. Psalm 100, for instance, says, Shout 
for the joy, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It's He who's made us. We're His. We are His people. We're like sheep without a shepherd. We're God's people. We're sheep. We tend to wander away from the flock. We like to do our own thing, pursue our own interests. We think we know what we are doing. We think we know where we want to go, what we want to pursue. And periodically we find ourselves lost. And it isn't always intentional. Sometimes we just go astray because we're curious. We want to pursue something different. We think maybe the grass will be greener in the other pasture in the other job, in the other neighborhood, in the other area of study, in the other school, on the other team, with the other person. We wander. And then periodically we wake up and ask ourselves questions. Is this all there is? What's my purpose? Why do I do what I do? Where am I going? And how am I going to get there? Later, a famous teacher would encourage the disciples by saying to them that they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he had compassion on them because of that. They were simply going through the motions, many of them struggling with their lives. By all appearances, they had it together, but just below the surface, they were lost. We all are like sheep, Isaiah said. All of us have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And that pretty much sums it up, doesn't it? Like sheep, we do our own thing. We don't necessarily like guidance or direction. And we get lost. And then out of nowhere that night, in the midst of that darkness, as they sat around the fire, that was simply another routine that they did every single day, there was a giant interruption. Angels came out there in the field where they were every night. They'd never seen them before. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. And he is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heavens, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. For the shepherds that day, this was unbelievable news. Ever since they were young and were cognizant of stories that were told, they'd heard about this Messiah. And he had been born right there in their town. They couldn't wait. And so they left quickly, following a star that 
they never really noticed. We are like sheep, and we all need a shepherd. The baby whose birth the angels announced to the shepherds that night matured to reveal himself as the Messiah that the angels had mentioned. And one of his disciples, John, recorded this teaching of that Messiah. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it full. I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it back up again. No one takes my life from me. I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. For this is the command I've received from my Father. We're all like sheep. But we also have a good shepherd. A good shepherd who who knows the sheep by name. Not the way we know each other by name. You know, not by Deb or Will or Rachel or Karen. Those are identifiers. I don't have to know much about you to know your name. It's the first thing we share with one another. But back in biblical times, you never shared your name with somebody until you knew you could trust them with your deepest secrets and your life. But the good shepherd, the good shepherd knows all of us by name. He knows everything about us. Every thought, every experience, every feeling, the pain and the difficulty, the sorrow and the grieving, the disappointment, the loneliness, the failure, the wondering and the wandering. He knows each and every one of us by name. He is the good shepherd. In fact, he's such a good shepherd that he knows that he has sheep that we don't know about. There's sheep out there that he hasn't yet collected, but he's always seeking and searching for the lost. And they're part of this sheepfold as well. We don't know who they are. He knows who they are. But he wants to bring them into the fold. Make them a part of the flock. That's a good shepherd. I need a good shepherd like that. I get off track easily, not just because of my ADD, but my life gets off track easily. I find myself pursuing my own path unintentionally. I don't always make a conscious decision to do so. It just feels natural to me. And so I go with it for a while until I wake up and realize what I've done. I get judgy of people real easily. I spend on myself before giving to others. 
I mean, there are times I don't really trust that God is going to provide, so I keep a little stash, a little pile to myself for the future. In only a matter of seconds, my will, in my mind, can become God's will. My priorities make sense to me, so certainly God will bless them. In my mind, I'm following the Good Shepherd. Even though by his evaluation, I might be trying to lead the Good Shepherd. I have a Good Shepherd who knows my name. My thoughts, my desires, my fears, my struggles, my failures. And he loves me anyway. We have a good shepherd who only wants to lead us to green pastures and besides still waters. He wants to restore our souls. Even when life is hard and difficult, we don't have to be afraid. Because we're not alone. We have a good shepherd. This is the way the prophet Ezekiel said it. These are the words of God. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. I'll search for the lost and I'll bring back the strays. I'll bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. But the sleek and the strong, which is a symbol of those of us who think that we can do it on our own and don't need any help and don't have to have a good shepherd, the sleek and the strong, I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. We are sheep. And we have a good shepherd. What, what are the best stories that we hear? The best stories that we hear are of lives that are changed, right? They're stories of transformation. They're stories like a beast who through acceptance and love becomes the prince who marries the beautiful woman. It's the ugly duckling who becomes the beautiful swan. It's the um, bullied, picked upon, underling stepsister who becomes the belle of the ball and eventually the queen. It's stories of transformation that capture our imagination. And those are all amazing transformations. I mean, almost unbelievable. You'd think they were fairy tales. but they pale in comparison to this transformation. The long-awaited Good Shepherd, whose birth we celebrate in only a few days, the Good Shepherd, the Strong Shepherd, becomes a sheep. I mean, this is God's economy rather than upwardly mobile. God is downwardly mobile. He goes from shepherd to sheep. Sheep were the animals of choice for the ultimate Jewish sacrifice and worship. If you wanted to really communicate how sorrowful you were for your sins and your iniquities, for your wandering in your own path, for not following God's lead, you went out and found an unblemished lamb. And you bought that unblemished lamb, 
And you paid top dollar for it. You didn't care because this is what you wanted to do to reconnect with God. And that lamb would be slaughtered on the sacrificial altar and the blood would run and the blood would cover your iniquities and reconnect you with God. I mean, you know that story, right, of Passover where the blood of the lamb was on the doorpost and the angel of death passed over the homes of his children? Early in his ministry, before he really even got started, Jesus was going through a town. And as he was walking through town... The prophet who was preparing the way for him pointed him out. And when John the Baptist pointed, everybody looked. He pointed him out. And he didn't say, Behold, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He didn't say, Behold, the Messiah, the long-awaited Messiah has come. He said, Behold, it's the Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world. Is there a better good shepherd than the one who would become the Lamb of God? What does that mean? Here's what Isaiah says it means. Surely he, the Lamb of God, took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet when that happened, when Christ went to the cross, we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, afflicted. That's the way the people saw it. But, He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, by the blood of that lamb, that's the way we're really healed and our relationship with God is healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us have turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And that's the good shepherd. That's the good shepherd. Who takes care of his sheep. And becomes the Lamb of God. Will you pray with me please? So who of us, when we began this journey a few weeks ago, thought we could learn much about you, O Lord, through the animals of Advent? And yet through the power of your Holy Spirit, you have taught us so much and prepared our hearts and minds for a great celebration. And so we continue on that journey. We thank you, O Lord, that you are the good shepherd and also the Lamb of God. Help us to never lose sight of that as we walk the path you've placed us on 
as disciples of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray, amen. Before we continue to worship um, with our tithes and offerings, there's a few announcements I want to make. Uh, for the last several weeks, there's been an Advent uh, calendar out there on the information desk. It also appears in many other places. I was in our worship folder one week. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on in the next couple of weeks, and you need to uh, pick something that you can do. Maybe you can do it all. That'd be great. But all of it gets us ready to celebrate Christmas. This afternoon at 4.45 in the garden room, uh, there'll be uh, our Christmas tea in the old English fashion that will actually be the precursor to our Lessons and Carol service. So uh, if you can come to that, that'd be great. And then tonight at 6 o'clock, the Lessons and Carol service here in our sanctuary. Next Friday night, um, the Broken Halos will be doing uh, Andrew Peterson's Behold the Lamb of God. We've heard some of that music this morning. I invite you to come or bring friends for that as well next Friday. Um, and then our Christmas Eve services are uh, at 4 and 6 p.m. And one other thing, next Sunday morning we will have our uh, live simulcast with the Louisiana State Prison in Angola. Uh, that means we have one service at 10 o'clock. So try to keep that all straight in your head by next Sunday. 10 o'clock next Sunday we'll worship here um, with Angola. Um, the last several weeks we've talked about... Um, how we can be good and better financial stewards and how God encourages us to be generous with our tithes and offerings. Um, last week I was able to tell you that in the month of December we needed to collect $618,000 and uh, now we only need $518,000. That's a pretty good week. We need to keep going. Everybody can contribute. Everybody makes a difference. All of our tithes and offerings will put us onto that goal so our ministry can continue in the vein in which God has set it on in the past. So I encourage you all uh, to be generous givers as God has been generous to us. Let us continue to worship with our tithes and our offerings. <laughs> 